TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Yeah, we do welcome you to a football Friday here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful autumnal day here in the fine city of Chicago. David Olson, our producer today. It's the coach flying solo temporarily. We'll be joined very soon by the big dog, Joel Radwanski, our regular co-host. And hopefully, of course, by you, the fine listener out there, you can join us. Make it a three-way if you want. Me and Joel always enjoy that. 888-463-6748. Phone lines open throughout the show. One hour program right up until 11 o'clock. That's all they allow us right now. We're bargaining for two. We're trying to get three. We might end out with two right now. All they're allowing us is with one hour per day, five days a week, five in total. Of course, based on our ratings of late, we may be uh, cut down to a half an hour. We might be doing like a five-minute infomercial between the uh, pageant beauty show and... uh, the colonostomy show. I think that might be our career destination at this point. But we do what we can. 888-463-6748. Football Friday. It's our third football Friday of the season. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Of course, in the NFL, it is week number two. Our Chicago Bears taking on the Dallas Cowboys here in the city of Chicago. Much, uh, I don't know about excitement. I think much curiosity. Much interest to see uh, how the Bears will do as they take on the Dallas Cowboy. Interesting matchup, and I think in Dallas they're probably saying the same thing. Because the Dallas Cowboys predicted uh, by many to be one of the top teams, by some to be a Super Bowl contender. They laid the proverbial pigskin egg in game number one, losing to Washington 13-7. to And, of course, the Bears, uh, in my book, I still got them down, David Olson, at 0-1. I got them down at 0-1. And the more people I've talked to, we, you know, I don't want to go back and – rehash up last week, but that controversial catch Calvin Johnson made that should have won the game for the Detroit Lions. And again, I'm a Chicago Bear fan, but I'll say it again, that was a catch and it should have won the game for the Detroit Lions. The one thing I'm finding out as we go here is the people you talk to that are have, have been or were officials that are more um, sports nerds, if you will. Certainly you listen to a lot of the sports experts on radio and TV. And the NFL people that are entrenched into the NFL, not so upset with that particular call. They understood it. Didn't necessarily agree with it, but there was a level of understand with the people that are into it. Okay, eh, They had to call it that, you know, a bad rule, but you had to call it that's the way the rule is. A little bit of that going on. Okay, but And I've surveyed a, a fair amount of people informally, a couple people formally but most informally over the last week. And the regular football fans, like you and me, the regular football fans, you're talking to out on the street, out in the park, in the washroom, at a urinal, wherever it might be. Get some good conversation at urinal, by the way. I never converse at the urinal. I do my yeah. business. And... I don't either, but it sounds good for sports talk radio. Anyhow, the average fan in right here in Chicago, and again, these are Bears fans we're talking to, almost to a T. It was a catch. Touchdown. Lions got robbed. So it's interesting. The average fan's realizing what it was. The people, sometimes, what's the expression? You can't see the tree through the forest? 
or you can't see the forest through the tree? Yeah. I think some the people that are so entrenched into the rule book and into the NFL, I don't think they saw the travesty of it. Us that can step back a little bit and breathe the fresh air and have a little perspective of it. And I mean this in all semi-sincerity here. I think we had a better call on it. And, and, and the bottom line is that what you can say all the technicalities you want on the rule. The guy caught the ball, made a phenomenal play. Whether you like Calvin Johnson or not, the guy made a tremendous play. It would have been a dramatic victory for the Detroit Lions. But I think it's interesting from a sports-slash-sociological standpoint that the average fans, almost to a T, and these are Bears fans, agreeing that it was a catch for the Lions, the Bears should never have won the game. The experts, the people that are entrenched into it, having much more tolerance. I found that somewhat curious. Maybe I'm the... Only one. 888-463-6748. Now, we are going to play Beat the Schmoes on our Football Friday. Here we do it each and every Football Friday. Beat the Schmoes. You, the caller, can challenge us, the Schmoes. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We here at the Two Guys in a Mic show play Beat the Schmoes. Okay, And I will say, by the way, the first week, the Schmoes have not been beaten yet. We went 3-0, and both myself and Joel the first week, against the spread. The two of us went one and two last week, but producer extraordinaire David Olson, you helped us out coming up with a two and one. So as of yet, uh, nobody has beaten the Schmoes. We had a couple ties. Emailer Swamprat tied you last week, David. I don't want to disappoint you, but again, you know, it's our rules. Tie goes to the dealer, right? So we still win. Two and one. Anyhow, you can pick any three games, high school, college, or pro. You want to throw out a high school game in your particular state or here in the Chicago area. What the heck? We'll put a point spread to it. We'll check our manual computer. We'll put a point spread to it, and you too can pick uh, against the spread in a high school game as well. Typically, we go college or pro. Any three games coming up this weekend, you pick it. Beat the Schmoes. We'll have our picks. And, of course, Joe Rodwanski, our lead Schmo, the big dog, he'll make his picks after the first break. And there's some interesting matchups, uh, certainly in the NFL. We talked about college football not quite as great here in this uh, weekend number three for college football when we say not quite as great not the marquee matchups not the uh, a lot of top 25 teams playing each other i think we got what iowa taking on arizona iowa something like eight or nine arizona barely in the top 25 big dog made a good point yesterday iowa really really good team arizona i'm not even sure they're a legit top 25 team but it's out in arizona in the heat and it's a nine o'clock at night game so that could throw off the Hawkeye a little bit. We will see. But right now, Iowa playing like a uh, potential national championship contender. They just destroyed Iowa State last week. So that's the only marquee game, but there's some interesting matchups across the board. I like Miami taking on Pittsburgh. Coach Dave Wanstead trying to regroup the troops against Miami, which uh, lost to Ohio State last week, 36-24. to Score not as close as the game would indicate. Ohio State, I didn't see the game. But from all of our experts, people you talk to, Ohio State pretty much dominating that game. A few uh, deficiencies in the special teams kept Miami in the ball game, And I thought the Hurricanes would give Ohio State a much, much better battle. So we'll see how that game goes. A couple of other interesting ones. Locally, Northwestern taking on Rice. Now, David, help me out here. They, the game is not televised in the Chicago area. You know I'm a heavy Northwestern fan. And I'm especially looking forward to the halftime entertainment when Willie the Wildcat, Apparently, we'll go mono versus mono against Ali the Owl, the rice mascot. Yeah, it's good television. Well, no. Oh, no, no. These two mascots, there's past history here. The Owl and the Willie the Wildcat have got into it before. No good times. So, and I believe it's scheduled. There's a little trash talking going on in the Twitter between the mascots. Um, and I believe they're meeting on the south 
end zone like about five minutes into the halftime ceremony. So make sure you check that out. Now, the game they say is on uh, riceowls.com. So will I be able to go to any computer and plug in www.riceowls.com and be able to see the game, or do I have to have a special um, software to do that? Uh, as long as your computer is up to date, because it'll probably be run in a flash format. Okay. Uh, as long as your computer is up to date, you shouldn't have a problem. Okay. Uh, and if you're and if you're missing something, mm-hmm. it'll tell you you're missing it. Well, that's so, not going to help me. Well, no, 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 it'll tell you you're missing it, and click here to download it. So. Oh, okay. So yeah. no, da- no danger in downloading. No, not if, you're down- not if you're downloading from that site and okay. it's saying you, you know, in order to watch this. Yeah, and you can probably trust Rice's right. website. Okay. Know. I might just listen to the game on radio and then tune in at halftime yeah. just to check out the battle between the mascots. Mm-hmm. Bad blood, though. I'm telling you, it's almost as bad as, what, the Stanford tree, right? We're still trying to figure out why the Stanford Cardinal has the tree for a mascot. What mascot uh, rather unceremoniously urinated on the Stanford tree? Do you remember that? I do, that I, was, do, I do not. That was, uh, you know, political incorrectness of the mascot style to the worst degree. Can you imagine? And I don't think it was fake urination. I think it was an actual urination on the Stanford tree. Any of our fans out there might have more info on that. I recall that four or five years ago. I'm a longtime mascot guy. I love mascot. There are very few things in sports more entertaining than mascot on mascot violence. And, and the fun part about it is it usually starts off with, you know, they kind of meet each other or whatever in the end zone or at midcourt and they kind of just start pushing each other and it's a little battle but you can see typically when max scott start to get into it when the fun little jibing at each other the little push goes into a bigger push and then a little bit bigger push and then a swat and a bang and a rump and next thing you know they're wrestling around in a, in a literal fight and if the head comes off that's even better and then you can see the guy under the girl if you're a fan of mascot on mascot violence, dial it up. Our phone number here, if you've seen a great mascot battle, I'd love to hear about it. 888-463-6748. You can also email us, by the way, our email address, Mike2Guys at AOL.com, and you can certainly email in your Beat the Schmoes football picks, and that's M-I-C, short for microphone, and the number two. Don't spell it out. So it's Mike2Guys, AOL.com. You want to play Beat the Schmoes, pick any Three football games. You want to make some comments? We'll read some of your comments over the air as well. Uh, also on the baseball front, uh, the Chicago White Sox. Whew. Down again. Down go the White Sox. Wow. Sox fans were looking for a sweep. They did indeed get the sweep, but the broom. Yeah, one could say they used the wrong handle of the broom. Minnesota, eight. The Chicago White Sox, five. It is over. It is all over. Boy, the American League. There ain't nothing going on here the last two weeks of the season. I mean, I thought Anaheim or Oakland maybe would make a run at the Texas Rangers. The heat of Texas sometimes can get to them. The Rangers are known for folding down the stretch. They did not fold. Anaheim, Mike Sosha, best manager. Well, now he's the second best. I'm putting my guy Ron Gardenhire, the Minnesota Twins, ahead of him. But Mike Sosha, outstanding manager, always gets his angels playing well in the end of the season. They never got going. Texas pulled away. White Sox making a run at Minnesota. The Twins, as we all know here in Chicago, uh, you know, part of it was the White Sox just not able to take that next step. And I think most of us, if we probably analyzed it, we knew the Sox were a good team. They were not a great team. They played like a great team for eh, not two months. 
maybe about six, seven weeks. I mean, they were the best team in baseball for those middle six or seven weeks. But they were playing a bit over their head, especially when Jake Peavy got injured. Because if they were going to be a great team, we talked about it all season long, it had to be that starting pitching, which had the potential five deep before Freddie Garcia got hurt, which had the potential of being the best starting pitching in all of baseball and a dominant staff. And if they hit that potential, yeah, then the White Sox could take that step to a great team. Okay, but PV got hurt. The rest of the pitchers were good. Garcia got injured. We all know. So I think the White Sox, I hate to say it, but they're probably in the spot where they should be. Good, solid baseball team. Not good enough to overtake some of the great teams. And surprisingly, we're calling Minnesota Twins right now a great team. They've had a great run. We've talked about it on this show. Other shows have talked about it. They've done it without a closer, without their best hitter. And even a guy like Joe Mauer not hitting that much early in the season. So the Minnesota Twins have pulled away, and then the Yankees in Tampa Bay. Talk about the American League being a dud. I mean, the one good race you got, it really is not even a race. Who cares? Both in. The wild card is not even a contender. So forget about the American League. But you look over at the National League, now you got some stuff going. And uh, I have, uh, if you didn't join us in yesterday's show, we have temporarily put the Atlanta Braves into the National League Western Division. That's the way we're going to look at it. Okay, Philadelphia Phillies are hot. Uh, I think the big dog, Joe Radwanski, my fine co-host from yesterday, said it. And the more I thought about it, rightfully said, the Philadelphia Phillies right now, even though they don't got the best record in baseball, they might be your World Series favorite. So put the Atlanta Braves in the NL West, and you got a great four-team race going there. The winner makes it. The team in second comes in as your wild card. Of course, we're talking about the hard-charging Rockies, San Diego Padres, the Giants, who are now a half a game up. Padres lost yesterday, and the Atlanta Braves are still in that hunt, too. So we'll keep an eye on that. It's football Friday, but we'll talk a little baseball as well. All right. David, do we have our uh, esteemed co-hosts on the air? Yes. I I heard some heavy breathing in the background. I didn't know if that was normally that's one of our callers, Cinemax Cindy, but apparently the heavy breathing, much to our disappointment, is that of our co-host, Joel Radwanski. How are you, big dog, and why are you breathing so heavy? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, Coach. I'm actually trying to figure out. Uh Uh-oh how to pay for parking here in the city of Chicago. And i got I got to be quite honest with you, it, it, it's pretty difficult. So it's, Well, it's a new system, right? They don't have the old parking meters anymore. Yeah. Uh, you could use a charge card, but you don't have a charge card. I have one. I just don't know if I'm using it properly. Well, yeah, let me try this thing again. Okay. <laughs> it says pay with buttons. Uh, okay. Dave, David Olson, I don't know that I've done the Chicago parking since Mayor Daly. You see, uh, you see what, I, what I usually do is I park in the neighborhoods mm-hmm. where I know parking is free, and then I take the L where I need to go. Interesting. Well, you know, I normally I would do that, but I'm in a little bit different situation right now. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm really confused, to be quite honest with you. So uh, I hopefully... I mean, I don't have any change on me. I would be more than happy that this stuff doesn't take dollar bills here in the city of Chicago. Are you kidding me? I thought it didn't take change anymore. Yeah, I thought that. I, I thought the, the corner boxes you paid with credit card. It says, yeah, well, look, I'm at that corner box. It takes quarters, but it doesn't take dollar bills. What about credit card? It takes credit card, but for some reason, it's not. It's not taking it for me. And I have a job interview immediately after this. So if I would have done exactly what Dave Olson said. Uh huh. Because I figure I'm only going to be down here for like uh, uh, this is this is not good. So uh, well, anyways, coach, you, I couldn't have, agree more. Have you tried using the Talk Zone uh, credit card? 
because we'll cover uh, we'll cover it for you if you if you want to charge it on the Talk Zone uh, credit card. No problem, Coach. <laughs> um, I, I'd be more than happy to. Uh, oh, I figured it out. I figured it out. He got it. Yeah. Scintillating Sports Talk Radio. Here's the big dog, Joe Redwine. If you're not from the city of Chicago, our fine mayor, uh, Mayor Daly, highly respected uh, and, and, of course, chagrined by some, who has, by the way, announced that he is resigning, and we will have a new mayor in February. But he basically um, is sold out the right word to use, big dog, when it comes to the parking situation in the city of Chicago? Yeah, basically, uh, he sold it to a... Um a private company, and I'm not, I'm not all against the private company, but basically you're screwed. You have to pay 250 every time you want to park. Mm-hmm. Where back in the day, if you're only going to be here for 15 minutes, yep. you know, you, it, it would only cost you, you know, like a quarter or, you know, 75 cents. So you're stuck 250 when you go downtown Minimum charge. every single time. But I, I will give you this. You can move your car all over the place. So that's the one thing. Okay. You can like get into your car and go different places if you want to. Mm-hmm. And I may have just left my keys inside the car, and I'm totally screwed now oh, if this please, happens. Please do not tell me that. Oh, Coach, I'm a – oh, no. The no, no, I did not. I did not. I oh. did not. Yeah, that would have been bad. That would have been – This is a friend of mine's car who I'm picking up Oof. from the airport. Wow. Well, I'm sure one of Chicago's finest would have come by and uh, – and uh, slip that little thing through the lock situation, it would have uh, rescued you. I'm sure that would have happened. Well, it, would, it all depends on what that Chicago's finest look like, Coach, because <laughs> I don't have very good luck with a, a certain type of police officers. More importantly, as long as the Chicago's finest doesn't check the background of the person of the door they're opening, because if they do a check on you before they open it, they'll probably, they would open it, and then they'd lock you in it. That, that is a good point, Coach, and we don't need any of that happening. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Have you ever had the Denver boot put on your car, Big Dog? Um, uh, of course I have, Coach. I lived in the city of Chicago, and luckily I have an uncle who took care of that. No problem is the best way for me to tell you. Uh, everybody who lives in the city of Chicago, we've all got an uncle that can take care of things. If you don't have an uncle that can take care of things, you're pretty much screwed in the city of Chicago. We all need the Chicago-connected uncle to get by, quite frankly. Yeah, or you just you know, the Chicago-connected uncle helps or... Yeah, you have a friend, you know, yeah. that, you know, that, that can pay people off for you. That definitely has helped. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, uh, not this job that I'm going to interview now, cause this job is basically for me to go around to different bars with an expense account, get people drunk and convince them to, uh, buy certain types of alcohol. It's a tough so, job, but I mean, someone's got to do it. Yeah. I, legitimately coach, I've been looking for this job my whole entire life and it just kind of fell into my lap. So now I got to keep on just all I do is like flirt with this girl enough. To give her this, give me this job, uh-huh. okay. But uh, you know, the other job is, is involved in recouping these real estate taxes, and I, I'm learning more and more, even more stuff I've learned since the other day when we were talking about government, mm-hmm. how corrupt this particular city is. Well, so it's, before it's you were, and, and by the way, I was told not to mention any oh. more specific things on oh. the show, or else wow. maybe one day, like the, we can have total silence on the airwaves. Yes, we'll be checking in with our uh, fine co-host, the big dog Joe Radwanski, and we'll just hear like. Slow murmuring sounds in the background. We don't want that to happen to you, but basically you were, uh, you, you used to be on the outside looking in when it came to Chicago politics and some of the shenanigans. Now, as a valued employee of a tax uh, assessment agency, you're kind of on the inside looking out and, and it sounds like it doesn't look a whole lot better from the inside. Matter of fact, uh, it looks worse. Uh, coach, to be quite honest with you, I, I, I'm just happy to finally be on the end where I'm the one 
that can actually take advantage of people who are getting taken advantage of. So instead of at least I'm helping people out. Like when they get done working with us, they're normally like ecstatic, you know, hugs and kisses. Mm-hmm. You know, please, I'm going to tell all my relatives and neighbors about you. You know, it's all good. So I'm helping people. Mm-hmm. But I, it's the fact that if the corruption ends, I'll be out of work in a year or so. <laughs> God forbid we actually get a mayor in that runs things without uh, giving favors to uh, uncles and aunts and other relatives. That could be trouble for your brand-new business, huh? No, i got to be quite honest with you. It's the Stroger family that has made this particular oh, business Lord. so profitable for us. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, my goodness, the more I learn about those that family, yeah. all i got to say is the apple didn't far fall, far fall from the tree, Coach. Oh, Lord, that's bad news. That's bad. If you're not sure what the big dog's talking about, if you're outside the Chicago area, Father John was the longtime Cook County Board chairman. John had a tragic, was it a severe stroke, right? Uh, I guess it's called karma, Coach. Is that what it is? Karma finally bit no. him in his in his big butt. Well, I'm not going to say that. That's a little bit cruel. I'm not going to take quite quite take that step. But he was a uh, John Stroger was a uh, you know a decent enough guy. But he was all caught up into that whole uh, Chicago political scheme and and you know the friends and and uh, favors and and et cetera. That whole thing that makes a beautiful city what it is. But his son Todd then gets elected under the guise of John being okay down the road, and of course John wasn't. I don't think he's passed away, right? He's still living? John Stroger? No, I, no, no he, I, he, he did that. He passed, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Todd Stroger takes over, and Todd Stroger uh, absolutely incompetent, as well as keeping up the shenanigans that were, undergo- uh, that were going on under his father, and not with nearly the dignity and or the charisma. The guy basically is a little weasel, and he's been voted out of office. Right, Big Dog? Uh, um, has he? Yeah. Okay. Right? Terry, or, yeah, Periwinkle okay. is going to take over for him, or at least when the elections come up, right? I mean, is, is there... Oh, yeah, he's got no chance of being re-elected. Right. Yeah, that's the yeah, zero, little, zero yeah. chance. Right? Yeah, I thought yeah. he was still in office. Long time, well, he is still in office. Longtime Alderman Periwinkle is the Democratic nominee, and as we all know here in Chicago, it really doesn't matter who the Republican nominee is. Periwinkle will be your new Cook County uh, head. Well... Thank you. Uh, I, I, we can talk all day long about corruption here in the city of Chicago because yes. it's, it, it's, 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 there's a long lineage of it and, uh, it doesn't look like things are going to change anytime soon. But, you know, this is a football Friday. Football folks. Friday, blue, red, 17, split lap, air down, Chicago bear. Very excited about football Friday. Big though, I have no idea how we started Chicago politics. Uh, I, I think it was the fact that I was trying to park here in the city. Ah, thank and you. And I paid for parking for the first time and, in years. Because normally I know where to park, but today didn't have the time to do it. I'm just glad you didn't lock the keys in the car. It is a football Friday after the first break. Big Dog, we're making our Beat the Schmoes football predictions. Uh, you and me, very, very good in week one. In fact, undefeated against the spread last week. We were um, one out of three. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. We have to bounce back from the sophomore jinx, Big Dog. Yeah, I'm not worried about it, Coach. There's definitely a lot of hidden gems out there amongst the games of college football. <laughs> okay, and after those hidden gems fail, our producer, David Olson, will give us three picks as a backup just in case. Because he, okay. he saved our butts last week, but uh, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, he went, what, two and two and one last week? Yep, yep. He was the lead schmo. We got NFL to talk about, too, including here in Chicago. I think an intriguing, interesting game with a lot of... Uh, Soap opera-esque offshoots. The Bears at Dallas taking on the Cowboys. I've gone back and forth on this game. Uh, 24 hours ago, I was ready to make a pick on this show. 
something like Dallas 55, Bears 3. I, come on. I, I had that. There's a, you know, I'm not saying that, the, that the, the Dallas Cowboys can't win or win big, but did you see Dallas play game one? Their offensive line is horrible. Horrible. And I agree. Dallas is my pick to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, so I think they're a real good football team. Mm-hmm. But I, the, the Bears are going to be a lot better this week than they were last week. That's usually what happens after week one to week two. So Well, that happens to every team. But the Bears were, well, statistically, they were pretty good. But bottom line is, they should have lost, in fact, in our standings here, they're 0-1. They should have lost to a no, Detroit. No, 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 no. Don't say our. I'm not involved in any of that. BS. Well, when I say that our, team, the Bears should have won that game, forty-five to ten. I am speaking on behalf of the Chicago Bear regular people out there, the normal public who all realized that Calvin Johnson caught the ball and Lions had a touchdown. I, so I, I, I could, I could care less about that. I'm talking about the fact that the Bears should have destroyed <laughs> Detroit. They should have. I mean, that game should have. They should have scored almost forty points last week. Yeah, but they were at home, big dog. The Lions had an unprepared second-string quarterback play an entire half. And they still could uh, barely win the game, and actually they lost the game. They just won it on a referee's call. Okay, well, it was the correct call. Even though it's a stupid rule, it was the correct call, and and I'm I'm done arguing about it. It's over with. We're not going to get into that. But anyhow, that was 24 hours ago, and I have changed my tune. Now I think uh, the Bears are going to show much, much better. I think they are going to have that quantum leap from game one to two. And this could be like one of these, how does like 34-33 sound? Dallas by a point. Well, you think that many points are going to be scored in the game? I do. Yeah, I, I think it, I think this game is, is more of like a is more of like a twenty to thirteen battle uh-huh. where every yard is fought for. Because to be quite honest with you, Jay Cutler is going to be under siege. It's not going to be good, and so is Tony Romo. If you ever want to see whoever wins this is going to be the quarterback that can escape the most sacks. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to be Jay Cutler. I think it's going to be Tony Romo, but All right, well, that's what I, this game's going to come down to. I got an observation, and it has to do with uh, uh, the hitting of a Jay Cutler. And I also want to talk real quick back in baseball of the hitting of a baseball player, Derek Jeter, who uh, I disagree with a lot of the opinions that I've heard from people out there on the Derek Jeter getting hit situation. Not that it's that big of a deal, but uh, wanted to bring that up. We'll make our football Predictions beat the schmoes. You can dial it up, talk some football with us. You want to get off the sports page, you can talk a little sports, guys. Talk politics with us as well. Any conversation. And, of course, uh, if you want to make your football picks, any three games, high school, college, or pro, we're playing beat the schmoes today. You could take on the schmoes, myself, the big dog, and producer David Olson. We'll make our picks. When we come back, phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. If you're a Chicago cop listening to the show, Be nice to the big dog out there, because I'm sure wherever he is, he's illegally parked.
the lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Guys, Animike, TalkZone.com. Welcome back. In the game of life, big dog, I said right before the show, in the game of life, very often you have been illegally parked, if I could use that. I've lived in Chicago for yes. my whole entire life. Anybody who's driven in Chicago has been illegally yeah, parked. I, would, I, I was talking. I, I don't find that as an insult. I just find it as cumbersome in a conversation. I was talking a little more of a in an epithelial sense, a little more of a uh, in a philosophical sense. In the game of life, you have been illegally parked, but I have a feeling that uh, finally, after many a year, that someone has put some change in the um, parking meter, and you're about ready to take off on, on a different road. Oh, so you're finally going to be positive with me for the first time in eight years? I'm always positive with you. And oh. I usually have to I take the abuse of getting too many parking tickets. You bring it up way too often. Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. Before we make our Beat the Schmoes picks, Big Dog, I talked about a couple of hit hitting observations. Uh, uh-huh. One, let me do baseball real quick, and that is uh, Derek Jeter, not to make a big deal of it. But, you know, we saw in the replay he didn't get hit on the arm, and then he's holding his wrist and, you know, and the, the whole pain thing and, and, and uh, you know, convincing the umpire to get him to first base a little bit of acting. Uh, I, I, I think you described it wrong, but that's typical of you. So go ahead, Coach. Okay, well, did he actually get hit? No, no, he did not get hit. And the umpire said it immediately, and I, it's not like he was faking it. If you hold the bat the way he was holding it about the bunt and have the ball hit the blunt end of the bat, anybody who's played baseball knows this. There is a reverberation through the bat that kind of like shakes okay. you to the bone, okay. and it hurts. And he kind of like shook his hand and he backed off. And right when he did it, immediately the umpires like go to first. Okay. So it wasn't like he the ball hit the bat, and all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, I'll fake like I got hit and mm-hmm. convince the umpire." I just think he just okay. he was uh, an opportunist and took advantage of got it. it. I, I really wouldn't put it like he started acting was trying to draw. I mean, I, he okay. absolutely. He took advantage of it. There's I, no question of that, but I, I just I just don't think it was as bad as, as you're portraying it. Big Dog, I appreciate that explanation, and, and that may very well be true, and I've got nothing against Derek Jeter. I've always respected his game. The problem I have, the problem I have is with the quote-unquote experts out there. The 80 or 90, well, maybe that's a little strong, maybe the 75 to 80 percent of them that all seem to have the opinion that's part of the game. Good job by Derek Jeter. You sold the call. You know, it's part of the game if you can get away with it. I'm like, huh? Yeah, no. That's, I, uh, that to I, me, you know, no. if, if in fact a player, let's forget about Derek Jeter, just in general, if you don't get hit and you pull on the fake act to see if the umpire can sell you going to first base, no, that's not part of the game. To me, that is not in the spirit of competition. I don't care at any level, grade school all the way up to the professional level. And I was amazed, Big Dog, at the writers in our Chicago papers and some of the national experts, how they all just said, oh, that's part of the game. you got to give Derek Jeter credit for uh, you know convincing the umpire. So uh, that I had to yeah, get well, that well, off I'm my surprised. chest. We, we totally disagree on this. Coach, I mean, come on. If, if you're, you're playing wide receiver and you die for a ball yep. and you know it hit, you're going to act like you caught it. Okay, if if you're, I mean, pretty much in any sport, stuff like that happens. Yeah. It wasn't like he started acting like it hit him first. He Why? got space and was like, oh, okay, I'll take it. I, I've never seen him do anything like that before. If you trap a ball in the outfield diving for it and they call it a catch, are you going to be, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to let the other 24 guys in my dugout who just mm-hmm. caught a break. 
You know, because, you know, I'm sure right. every, my, the guy I'm playing against will do it. I, Come on, coach. I, I, no, no, you're you know, right. There's only one sport, individual sports. Like, in, in golf, it's, you're supposed to do that. And, and like, in, in, in race car driving, you're not supposed to, like, wipe people out. You know, if you do that, you're a scumbag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a little different. Like, Tony Stewart is a scumbag because he wipes people out. Juan Pablo Montoya, scumbag. He wipes people out. You know, let let me ask you. It's a scumbag. To only uh, Carl Edwards because he wipes Carl Edwards out all the time, and same thing back to Carl Edwards and Brad Kozlowski. But uh, coach, you're looking at it too much. Why you always no. are the one trying to say there's other things to worry about in the world? Why do you care about yeah, some idiots I, on talk radio who are think it's I, all right because Derek Jeter got got away with one? Big dog, I prefaced it by saying I don't want to make a big deal of it. It just it, it was a pet peeve. It might have bothered me that so many thought that was part of the game. I got to ask a third person, a third party guy here, David Olson. Any of our listeners, you have uh, thoughts on this? And we're not going to spend a lot of time. We got to get out of here and get to our football picks. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. As Joel's describing, is it just me or is the Close trap on a football catch, raising the ball up, looking for a catch. Or in baseball, the dive, it barely hits the ground, but you show the mitt, show the ball, trying to convince the catch. Is that acceptable? To me, in my mind, I'm trying to figure out why. That doesn't bother me, but if your ball hits your, doesn't hit you and it's close to your arm, and then faking the injury to the ump, that does bother me. Why, is it just me or are those different situations? David's on the phone right now. Okay. Well, answering a phone call. Yeah, that, big dog. Maybe it's just me. I just I can't even technically describe it. They just feel different to me. That's all. There, there is, a, I guess, a slight difference, especially when you're talking about the possibility of an injury. Yeah. You know, I, I understand what you're talking about, but okay. it wasn't like he immediately faked it, Coach. Okay. It, it, right. it, it happened. He was given first base, and after that, he. He just ran with it, okay. and i got to be honest with you, I would too, and I'd have no problem. And if I was, as a Chicago Cubs fan, if the Cubs were still in it, and the, my guy, my leadoff hitter, okay, did not, it was like, turned to the ump, was like, no, no, I, I didn't get hit with the ball, it hit the bat, so it counted as a strike. Not only would I be frustrated, I'd be upset. I'd be mad at him. His job is to get on base. He was given first base, you take first base. Mm-hmm. So the, these ideas, people calling him a cheater, that's what bothers me. He's not a cheater. Well, okay? I would agree with that, but I would argue if he did tell the ump and not make a big demonstrative thing about it, but just wave it off, hey, ump, it didn't hit me, hit my bat, I think he would get a lot of compliments from that, too. I think that would be a display of sportsmanship sorely needed in today's world of professional sports. Call me a little corny, if you will, but I think it would be a great example for the young kids out there. Again, not to make too big a deal of it. Huh? Is he looking for compliments, or is he looking to help uh, Yankees get home field advantage in the American League playoffs? Uh, compliments, uh, you'd, you'd hate to say those two things are opposite of each other. Hopefully well, they could go hand in hand. Just, it, it, in the whole game of life, these people that are ripping on Derek Eater and calling him a cheater need to get a life. Yeah, I would agree with that. 888-463-6748. My other quick hit observation is this. See if you're with me on this. Jay Cutler, many things have been said about him. He certainly hasn't proven himself yet as a Chicago Bear quarterback. One thing I've noticed, though, and it's interesting because on one side of it, he is tough. He does not get injured a lot. He took a beating last year and got up. But, Big Doug, have you noticed that when he gets hit, his next three or four passes, he throws it early and he's a little bit jumpy. As tough as he is, I think more than most quarterbacks, he does not like to get hit. And when he has opportunities to run, have you also noticed he will pass up good opportunities around last week, could have gotten in the end zone, 
And I think the reason he does that is because I don't think he likes to get hit. If I'm a D coordinator, I tell my guys early, find a way to hit Jay Cutler because I think it'll affect him the rest of the game. I, Your wish, I wish Dave Olson could cart this up because we got into we got into it on Monday when you said that Jay Cutler was holding onto the ball too long. That's what you said. That's 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 what you were talking about. Oh, in the and then, pocket. And I was I was the whole that was the whole Mike Mark thing. That's what you're supposed to do. And now you're telling me he gets rid of the ball too quickly. I'm telling you, after he gets hit, the next two or three or four passes, he gets a little jumpy. Yes. You, I but, don't know where to go with that because, well, but I you, be quite honest with you, I think he needs to hold on to the ball okay. and get. And I think he needs to hit open receivers. Okay. And so to be you, honest with you, with the Bears need to protect him, and he does not need to get hit. Ten times, uh, of course, he's going to get hit ten times against the Cowboys. But right. you know that they're, they're going to do that to you. But when they play an average defense, he should only get hit okay. three, five times in a game, not fifteen. Which he and he's going to get beat up this particular Sunday. So, bottom line is, you have not noticed the same observation I have. No, okay. I, I haven't. Right, I, I, I do notice he gets hit way too often fair as a quarterback, enough. and I don't. I think he's a, a tough SOB to be quite honest. Yeah, and I would agree with your second statement, but just keep an eye, be, be aware of my first statement. Watch if he gets hit or his. His uh, lack of desire to run the football. And I could be completely wrong, but it's something I've observed. Anyhow, can we move on? I'm open. Let us, <laughs> let us go to our football Friday, our football predictions, our beat the schmoes football game. Big deal. An entire slate of college games are out there for you. We got a pretty good, pretty good week number two of the NFL too with some very interesting matchups. I mean, you got the Giants taking on the Colts, Jaguars against the Chargers. Good matchup. Uh, you got the Ravens taking on the Bengals. That might be nationally the most intriguing of them all. Ocho Cinco and Terrell against that great Ravens defense. So plenty of good games out there. You've got to pick three games. Our listeners do too. You can dial it in at 888-463-6748. We challenge you to beat the Schmoes. And uh, Big Dog, there's no greater Schmo on this show, my friend, than you. So we'll let you lead it off. I, I do appreciate it, Coach. Now, do you have the lines in front of you? Because it seems like every time I do these, when I finally get them, they end up being the totally different line than I, than I say on Friday when I actually see them. Mm-hmm. And usually it's been hurting me. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it hasn't affected me negatively yeah, we, yet. But just wonder, do you have lines in front of you? Yes, we do. Show's okay. over Show's over at 11. Well, just, uh, we need to know this. And which particular <laughs> paper is it, is it off of? Uh, right now I'm looking Herald? at uh, the Chicago Tribune. Okay, the Chicago Tribune. They don't have the over and unders in there. Right, just but, make okay. your damn picks, will you please? Well, uh, okay. It's only beat the schmoes here. This is not, uh, you know, Pro Football Weekly. You're not yeah, talking well, to Hub Arcus here. Well, I, I know we got so much to cover over here. I mean, you, you're simulating <laughs> breakdown of Jay Cutler, which is the exact opposite of what it was on Monday. No, I mean, yeah, different. There so. two different things. I didn't okay. say for the whole guy. I just said if you hit him, and he gets hit the next couple of passes, he gets a little jumpy. It doesn't necessarily disagree with my thought that when you drop back in the pocket in the seven-step drop or on the shotgun, that when the rush is coming in in the Mike Martz offense, you need to find a receiver, you need to find it quick. You'll notice that after he gets hit, his throws are not as accurate. He throws it over the receiver. His accurate throws are when he's more comfortable. You pay attention. Okay, Coach, I just want to let you know you're really putting me in a bad mood, and I'm going to come down to <laughs> Dewey and Dempster. I'm going to, or what do you call it, Dempster and Waukegan Road. I'm going to put a helmet on. I'm going to run at full speed, put one into your wrist, and we'll see how accurate you throw the ball for the next two or three minutes Point. afterwards. Okay? Point well taken. Okay. Well, I, I, I just want to bring up one of the points about uh, Mike Martz's offense. His accuracy really has nothing to do with it. 
because you're going to be throwing it into right. a particular zone, and well, it's all about timing with the receiver. Yeah, well, you're, but, you're right, David Olsen, and the other point is you're supposed to hold on to the ball longer than any other offense in the like system in the NFL right now. So, yeah. But, yeah, but David, accuracy yeah. is still part of it. You have to, it, it's of different. It. You're part throwing a timing it. pattern, but clearly the accurate throw is still part of it. But your point's well taken. He has a different – it's hard for the quarterbacks and the receivers to adjust to when they do, though. When they do, it's a lot harder for defensive backs to cover that. Works both ways. Okay. Well, let's uh, – I'm um, just popping in here to keep things moving. Let's get our picks down because we're going to have a celebrity schmo. What? So, yes. A celebrity schmo? Celebrity okay. schmo. Okay. So, I will wow. do it quick. It's not then. Kristen Cavalier, is it? All right, go ahead, Big Dog. Uh, Coach, I'll do this quick. I will uh, be more than happy to take Texas Tech plus the seven and a half at home in Lubbock on the flat turf against the Texas Longhorns wow. and a quarterback that has not showed me anything. And they're supposedly running the ball better in Texas. The Longhorns have not done that yet. Tommy so. Tuberville now coaching the Texas Tech Raider. Uh, yes, but they're wow. still flinging it around. That's a lot of teams. Tommy Tuberville at Texas Tech. Taking on Texas. You All right, see. we got okay. you. Wow. Uh, the uh, the other game, I will take Kent. No. Plus the 24. What? Go into Happy Valley and make the, the, the life miserable for the freshman quarterback. Alabama absolutely beat up Penn State. They'll have a hangover from that particular game. It'll be a close game. Watch you going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Especially since all Joe Paterno runs is the ISO play and, and the flood uh, passing <laughs> pattern. So considering they know how to stop those two plays, it'll be a close game. Now, where do you have the point spread for uh, Arkansas going into Georgia. That's coach. not bad, by the way. Arkansas taking on Georgia. The uh, Mark Rick like Georgia Bulldogs are starting to slip from the national perspective, Big Dog. That's mm-hmm. quite surprising. Let's see. What do we got here? Georgia and Arkansas looking, 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 and not finding as of yet. Hold on here. Okay, so I have Georgia as a two-point underdog at home against South Carolina is what I have it at. And I, I just can't believe this could be two, true. Two and a half points. Well, they're not playing South Carolina. Georgia is getting two and a half. I mean, against Arkansas. At home, taking on Arkansas. Yeah, so as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, everybody's patting, uh, you know, Arkansas on the back, and everybody's pushing you know, George over the ledge. There's, a, there's only a small difference in uh, when it comes to people yeah. and what they do. So I'm going to say, without question, Georgia wins that ball game as a two and a half point underdog. It's a good call. Mm-hmm. It's a good call. That's a good pick. Very good pick. Even though is Arkansas still coached by uh, Coach Nut, Houston Nut? Uh, no, he he's been in Mississippi now for about ah, three years. Coach, love Coach Nut. Mm-hmm. I hope. Do you remember no, Bobby Petrino? I know. do. His, okay, uh, well, he's, he's now coaching that particular team. Okay. Ryan Mallett, their quarterback. Bobby so. Petrino's brother, uh, Paul, is now your offensive coordinator for your beloved Navy and Blue in Champaign. Please don't remind me, Coach. <laughs> uh, you were mad enough at me already before bringing that up, huh? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, David Olson, very quickly, beat the Schmoes football picks again. You can call in here, 888-463-6748. Lead Schmo, Joe Redwanski, picking Texas Tech, Kent State. And the 24 against Penn State and Georgia over Arkansas. Very nicely done. Yes, David. Okay. Uh, my picks are all NFL, just like last week. Thank you. Uh, we're going to start with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cleveland Browns. Love the Chief. The uh, uh, Cleveland quarterback, Jake DeLome, is questionable. Oh, no. Is that a good uh, thing or and bad And then he thing? also got hurt, and we'll probably will miss the game, too. Right. Um, <laughs> so... Kansas City's a two-point underdog, but i got to go with the Chiefs in this one. Boy, Cleveland Browns have been insignificant for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's going to continue. Yeah, that's not good, though. There's nothing like the dog pound and the Cleveland Brown football fans. I, I, we got to get Cleveland back on track. 
Romeo Cromel is still coaching the Cleveland Brown? No, he's Coach. Kansas Kansas City. <laughs> he's in Kansas City. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm not that far off in my sports world. Yes. All right, game number two, uh, the Ravens at the Bengals. Baltimore Woo! is favored by two and a half. But uh, the one weakness they have on that defense is the cornerback position. You don't want to go in weak at cornerback against Ocho Cinco. Okay. And so I'm going to take the Bengals in that one. Cincinnati over the Ravens. And game number three, uh, New England is a three-point favorite at the New York Jets. Good ball game. Take New England. Good ball game. I, th- I think I think it's going to be a lot a lot more than three points. The Hard Knocks Jets are going to go start off the season zero and two, and everybody thought they were the next best thing. Uh they're not. Okay, they are not. All right, there it is. Big dog, quick analysis. Uh, David Olson, maybe our best dressed schmo we've ever had. By the way, a man of he's way too gentlemanly, way too sophisticated to be a schmo, but here he is making the picture. Thoughts, picked up. He's going with the stuff that looks good first week, and sometimes that second week can get ugly. Besides that Cincinnati-Baltimore game, I, I do like that because everybody now thinks Cincinnati's done, and everybody loves Baltimore. So mm-hmm. that, that game I definitely like. All right, very quickly because we do have a celebrity schmo going to be joining us. Is it Jerry Springer? Up, oh, David Olson shaking his head. I thought maybe it was Jerry Springer. Uh, 888-463-6748. You can make your picks as well. Big dog, I'm taking the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans to knock off the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Pittsburgh's a pit of a uh, uh, intruder right now. I don't think an imposter would be the word I'm looking for. I think Tennessee is the real deal this year. Uh, Titans are at home. Three-point favorite. I'll give up the three to the Pittsburgh Steelers and confidently take the Tennessee Titans. I've got Denver, the Bronco, knocking off P.D. Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. I think Seattle's going to have a rough year. I know they won their first game. Everybody thinks Pete Carroll's the difference. Love yeah. Pete Carroll, but he can't make that much different. Denver. Giving up three and a half over the Seahawks. And finally, it's younger brother Eli taking on older brother Peyton. The Indianapolis Colts, are they done or are they still alive? And are the Giants as good as they looked in week one? I think the answer to question two is no. And I think the answer to question one is yes. I'm going older bro Peyton over younger bro Eli. I'm taking Indy and giving up five and a half. Your thought? Uh, Well, you know what? I like that pick, Coach. I definitely like that last one. They'll get it straightened out there in Indianapolis. You do not like my uh, Denver Denver Bronco over Seattle? No, no, I do like that picture. People read way too much into, like, one week, and normally what will happen is something a team that looked great the week before usually gets bet on way too much, and a team that looked horrible gets bet against too much. Mm-hmm. So if you go the other way than what the team looked like the, the week before, you'll tend to have a tendency to pick up a point or two that you shouldn't have gotten. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like that, Coach. Good, right. Good advice. Good advice. Big dog Joe Wawanski, uh headed into a job interview in a few minutes. We... Certainly wish you the best of luck in that job interview. How's the car situation? Everything taken care of? Okay, well, Coach, we, enough of that. Enough of that, my friend. Okay. We've talked about this enough today. Okay. We move on to other topics. Any college football games? Your beloved Illini taking on Northern Illinois University. Uh, are you worried that could be a trap game? Uh, a little bit. I'm not, I mean, they, they need to get stuff done, Coach. They're, they're playing Northern Illinois. The thing I'm worried about is uh, Coach Jerry Kill in Northern Illinois has been in the hospital. Though. Yes. Huskies will play with emotion. So Illinois is going to have their hands full come this Saturday. Yeah, win one for Coach Kill. Is it, it's a pretty strong motivational statement right there. You know, it's, it's Notre Dame, play like a champion. Northern Illinois, win one for Coach Kill. That's strong. That is strong. Northwestern taking on Rice. Your thoughts on that one, my beloved Wildcat, taking on their academic arch rival, the Rice Owls. Now, is it true Northwestern's a 14-point favorite in this game? No, I don't think. Well, you know what? I could check. 
Analyze because, the analyze the game while I'm checking. Because uh, quarterback Dave Persa has been absolutely uh, phenomenal so far. That guy is the real deal. Nineteen to twenty-two idea, in game one. Eighteen to twenty-one in game two. And his name is Dan, not Dave. The the idea that <laughs> it would be a fourteen-point favorite on the road yeah. is ludicrous. Yes, it is so. ludicrous, and that's why the point spread is six and a half. All right, good, good. Deep in the heart of Texas, the Rice Owl. By the way, you can catch all the action on www.riceowl.com because it's not on TV. Yeah, well, eventually one day uh, Northwestern will sell out their home games, and then maybe when that happens, all the <laughs> games will be on television. So all those Northwestern fans uh, that are complaining, I've heard a lot of it. Uh-huh. You know what? That's what you get. Go to the game. I know they can't go down to Houston, but that's the issue, Coach. Tickets, not enough fan support. Tickets readily available. Parking is fine, and you can always stop at the Mustard's last stand to get a good hot dog or turkey burger if you want to. 888-463-6748. Big Dog, we have a special, uh, I guess we're calling him a guest schmo. Yeah, why did, why did we get him on earlier? Well, Making I don't know. Wait, talking car uh, situation uh, I, and stuff? When I heard guest schmo, you know, my first thought was Kristen Cavallera. Then I thought maybe Oprah. My third guess was Jerry Springer. But we find out. It is longtime Chicago sports radio icon. He's got a great new show right now, blackandbluecity.com. He's also got an outstanding book out there, which I read and I enjoyed. Uh, enjoyed. And he also, I believe, did a uh, half-naked pictorial in Popular Mechanics magazine back in the day. It's Chet Kopic joining us here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Chet, how are you? As a matter of fact, Kopic did a full naughty number one. And number two, <laughs> I want to ask you, why in the devil would you come up with Northwestern being a 14-point favorite? On the road against Rice. Yeah, I am what not was, kidding what you. Was, what were you smoking at Bar Louie last night? <laughs> you know, that, that, I probably had way too many last night, Chet, because I'm on Bodog Lost in the last night, and I'm like, there is no way to set 14. And it was I'm telling you, guys, was, guys, the easiest play of the entire weekend. This uh-oh. is like stealing, as far as I'm concerned. Take the Lions plus six at home against Philadelphia. Ooh. That's not bad. For for the NFL picks, that was actually I – I never do the NFL picks, Jack, because I just get well, afraid. Well, well, well. I, I, I don't know. First of all, last time I checked, Matt Stafford, not quarterback in the Detroit Lions. Well, you know, it's uh, not like you got Bobby Lane quarterbacking, but I think uh, they, um, uh, they played reasonably well against the Chicago Bears. And if, uh, if Calvin Johnson doesn't uh, spike the football, if he tucks the football in, the Lions are 1-0 right now. Uh, my they're, they're not playing at home. And I, I, I don't think I don't think Michael Vick will put together a consecutive good week, which is part of my uh, part of my premise. And um, I just happen to like the Lions. Number one, number two, because of the half point, as you know, Wawanski, you know this, the half point will kill you. I like Notre Dame as a road dog going up to uh, East Lansing against uh, against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Ooh, now that that's a tough one, Chet. Uh, for some reason, Michigan State has always had Notre Dame's number, especially up in East Lansing. I cannot, uh, cannot dispute that. Going back to the days of uh, Eric Parsegan and Duffy Doherty, it's always been a tough venue for uh, uh, Notre Dame to play in. But I like the way uh, I like the way Dane Chris is playing right now. The one thing that uh, I, I would question regarding the Fighting Irish right now is they've got to get the ball in space more frequently to Michael Floyd, for heaven's sakes. I mean, last yeah. year, I mean, is, is Michael Floyd is Michael Floyd not seeing the football because a we overrated him last year, or B, uh, without the presence of Golden Tate, defenses are overplaying Michael Floyd this year. It, B. B. Because Michael Floyd, who was the receiver they had last year who had a great season? Golden Tate. Golden, uh, Golden Tate. Yeah, I, Golden I, I remember the year before I watched the two of those guys play, and I thought Michael Floyd 
was the better receiver. I think he is a tremendous, and I think it's the fact they're double-teaming him, but I don't care, Chet. You throw the ball to him, Michael Floyd will go up and get it. He's a tremendous receiver. Well, as a matter of fact, I was talking to a uh, National Football League scout about uh, oh, about six months ago who told me that he thought that if Michael Floyd came out, yes. now, uh, imagine this, Michael Floyd uh, were, were NFL draft eligible after last year, and he went to the Chicago Bears, he'd be the number one wide receiver on the Chicago. Yeah, I, I would have totally agree with that. He'd also be their best blocking receiver, too. He'd be the best all-around wide receiver that they would have right now. Well, the Bears probably haven't had a great blocking wide receiver, as you know, since Dennis McKinnon. You know, he was he was like having uh, an offensive guard out on the outside. Exactly. And exactly. I'm not a big fan of Dennis McKinnon, by the way. Yeah, he fired me at my first coaching job ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's no joke. Never. Okay, you, you've only given us two picks, but just wondering, you do the pregame for Notre Dame, and I've heard you actually pick against Notre Dame before. Oh, sure. heavens, yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, because uh, uh, I know it's supposed to be true, you know, rally sons of Notre Dame and uh, the whole nine yards, and I'm a Catholic, but uh, uh, if, if, if I don't think the Irish are going to cut it, I'll just uh, uh, I'll just say it. And, and frequently on the uh, uh, on the post game show, especially during uh, the uh, last couple of years of Charlie Weiss, I mean, while while Notre Dame was getting uh, you know knocked off by Navy for heaven's sakes and by UConn, <laughs> uh, uh, what were you going to do? I mean, here here's the thing about here is the thing I love about Notre Dame, guys, and I wrote about this in my book. Uh, that guy shouldn't be dancing at halftime. Uh, a very, very well-known Notre Dame football graduate, whose name I, I'm going to omit, gave me this line which I used in the book, and that is this. There's only one thing worse than a dead-drunk Notre Dame fan, and that is a dead-drunk Notre Dame fan when they don't cover. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I, I do think under Brian Kelly, the Irish are back a little bit. The only thing he needs to do, Chet, and I love everything he's brought to the program, he just needs to ease up a little bit with the quarterback or a player that makes a mistake instead of getting in his face right away. Let the guy cool off for maybe 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, and then go talk to him. That's my only complaint. I think that could wear on players after a bit that's, of time. That's really a very good point. I mean, for example, in the case of Nate Montana, he's a third-string quarterback, yep. and when he steps on the uh, – on the field last week against uh, Denard Robinson in Michigan. You can't expect this guy to be Joe Montana. His name is Nate Montana. Uh, last year he left Notre Dame and went to uh, Pasadena Junior College just to yeah. get some uh, some reps. I mean, and all of a sudden you're putting him in front of 80,000 people in a national television audience and saying, all right, kid, win one for the Gipper. Uh, it's not logical. But I, but I think, you know, let's, let's, let's take a long look at Brian Kelly. First of all, physically speaking, the ball club is in much better shape than it ever was under Charlie Weiss. Number two, I, I, I like the organization that the ball club is um, exhibiting right now, but, you know, Joel, Joel, massive swing game for the Fighting Irish. You win, you're two and one, life is beautiful. You're thinking to yourself, I might be able to knock off Wanstead in South Bend. I might be able to go into uh, Chestnut Hill and beat Boston College. Mm-hmm. You lose this ball game. You lose this ball game tomorrow night. Now you're playing out of desperation. Mm-hmm. Don't forget matchup with uh, ex-Chicago Bear quarterback Jimmy Harbaugh and the Stanford Cardinal. That should be a good one. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. By the way, you know, I, I don't think Harbaugh is going to be with the uh, uh, with the Cardinal uh, next year. I, I have an idea that, uh, that this this is going to be Jimmy's Jimmy's big money big money campaign. The next year he'll be with uh, he'll be with a big six school, or he might 
You might be coaching on the National Football League level. You know, Chet, I really thought he was going to end up back in Ann Arbor, but it uh, looks like Bernard Robinson might be saving Rick Rodriguez's job <laughs> flat out. I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. The only thing different about that particular team is shoelace. Hey, so, you know, one, thing, one, one thing, guys, I would do right now, if Bernard Robinson has hit over 100 touches the first two games, I wouldn't practice him on Monday or Tuesday. I mean, I mean, obviously, you, at, at the rate this guy's going, I mean, think about this. He's throwing a bowl game. He's going to have 675 touches by the time the year is over. Now, Matt Forte as a rookie had uh, about 380, and we saw what happened during his sophomore year. Denard Robinson is, uh, um, has got to be rested for heaven's sakes. Yeah, if there was ever a backup quarterback in NCAA football that needs to be ready, it would be Tate Forcia and his bad attitude over there at the University <laughs> of Michigan. Who's so pissed off right now, he's seen double. <laughs> hey guys, we got about uh, 30 seconds left. Chat, you made your two football picks, so make your third pick, and then please tell us how it feels to be a schmo on this show, if you can put it into words. Being a, being a schmo on this show is about as honorable as being uh, uh, the ring announcer with a tractor pull. My other pick is I like the uh, I like the under on the Bears and the Dallas Cowboys. Bears in Dallas, the under. There you go. Chet Kopik joining our two guys at a mic show. Tremendous chat in that book, by the way. Seriously, a great, right, guys. great read. We thank you for joining us, Chet. Well, Wonski, I'll see you later on tonight, bud. Uh, appreciate wow. it, Chet. You have a good one. Wow. All along, uh, Joe, I never saw it all along. I thought it was a half-naked pictorial in Popular Mechanics, but uh, Chet telling us that he went full Monty. A uh, full Monty, Coach. I got to wow. tell you, quite, it, it's shocking. <laughs> shocking. It burnt. Into my burns into my memory. Uh, uh, yeah, tonight, Chet and I will be at the Naperville Central Wheaton Warrenville South nice. DuPage Valley Clash. It should be. I mean, when we talk about high school football in the Chicagoland area, it's hard to get much better than a matchup like that. So beautiful, beautiful. We'll look for you out there, big dog. Thanks for joining us, and uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Okay. Take it easy, coach. Uh, thanks to everybody listening out there. We'll do it again Monday at ten. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. Stay safe. Don't be late. Ten o'clock on Monday. Thanks again. Have a great weekend.